Well, welcome to Q&A. This is your opportunity to send in questions from the sermon this morning. My name's Tracy. I have the privilege of serving as the Director of Communications here on staff. And with us, we have Doug Rutt, our teaching pastor, who will get to answer and field all the questions that come in this morning. I hope we have some good ones. Yeah, so definitely send in some questions. We've got the number on the bottom of the screen here, so you can text them in. You know, we always or regularly say that uh, the question you text in may be something that's on someone else's heart or mind. So we would encourage you to text that in this morning. It's the time to ask your questions. One of my favorite things when we were in India was that after I taught each section in First Corinthians, we did a Q&A. Oh, afterwards. did you? Yes. And... Uh, it was just interesting. The guys would come alive. We had a couple languages going on in the room, and it was, and it was, it was as hard to make sure you, we I understood what the question was mm. as it was to answer the question. But yeah. it was a reminder again that uh, you know everybody sits and listens, but then you start with a question, and the room got loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, yeah, just not bad questions. So if you're wondering something, just ask. Just ask. Yeah. It's always worth asking. Yeah. Uh, love what we went through, walking through the entire New Testament <laughs> at a high level yeah. um, of our of how we have been made new. Uh, this was really powerful to then get to the end of it and see this impacts past, present, and future. Yes. That's such a great reminder this morning. So as you say that, um, I tell a little bit my story. Uh, when you placed your faith in Christ, uh, I don't know, it, you can say I don't know, but was there in relation to past, present, or future that was kind of driving your uh, need for a Savior? I would say the time was future. So I was in sixth grade. Okay. And so I remember having some really bad dreams that were really scary. And then talking to my mom about it and her explaining like what I was um, dreaming about or thinking about is not true when you are a Christ follower, when you have Christ in you, because that's not a truth because your eternity is taken care of. And so for me, it was very much dreams of hell. Yes. Okay. Just fear, very scary, dark uh, type dreams. And so that's when I realized, Oh, I don't know the Lord as my Savior. Right. And so it was very much a future part for me. Right. I asked that question because um, I think that's often true. The younger we are, it's the mm-hmm. futurist. Because we don't really, maybe we would say we haven't done enough to really be burdened about our past. Although once I came to Christ, I was pretty burdened about my, sure. <laughs> my past week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is interesting because yeah. I think that was – I didn't understand it at first, but looking back, I go, that was the beginning work of the conviction of the Holy Spirit mm. in me as a believer, grieving over how I had been made to be an instrument of righteousness, but I was continuing to live as an instrument of unrighteousness. So um, I think our stories um, can tend to reveal how we think about how others need the gospel. In the same way, if you've ever read the, the whole book on the love languages that we tend to love mm. other people the way we understand love, we can tend to declare the gospel in parameters that were meaningful to us. And I, I say all that to acknowledge it's better when we think 
what is this person's need? Not what was important to me, but what's what's this person's need? Is it their need to experience grace for their past, uh, the love of God, the power of God to be applied in their present, or is it the, the future that mm. is um, freaking them out, you might say. So I think think uh, as we consider the work of Jesus, we know that it is full and complete past, present, and future. But for almost everybody who received Jesus, there's a starting point, a need point that is either connected to past, present, or future that we should think of in terms of as we share the gospel. Not all of them aren't true, and we don't need to grow in all of them, but there's probably a starting point for most. Oh, absolutely. So, anyway, just a thought as you consider people in your life uh, and where they are in their own journey, what is it that they are feeling the need for a Savior in regard to their past, present, and future, and sharing the gospel from that perspective? And even once accepting Christ, it made me think about a conversation I had with um, a friend recently who had accepted Christ not long ago and then was struggling with their past. And so that reminder of that is gone. Right. Like right. that is that's right. old. We're focusing on what is new now. And so just the joy to be able to right. bring back the reminder of the power of the gospel in that yeah. situation was very powerful for her. For me, what I was trying to explain, and I don't know how this would, if you want to weigh in, I'd invite you to, but it was not only, it was my pet, it was my future that prompted the crying out to Jesus for my Savior, but then it was my failure in my current present that drove me to actually discover the fullness of the gospel. Mm -hmm. So... uh, there's a starting point often, and then there's a growing point in understanding of the gospel. So just uh, the gospel isn't something that we remember from when we first trusted in Jesus and then we move on. It is the truth of the gospel that impacts every day of our life, past, present, and future. Absolutely. Right. No so- need to repeat the sermon, so. Well, question here. Uh, <laughs> is it important that I know the date of my birth certificate or the huh. date on my birth certificate? And I'm assuming they mean their spiritual birth certificate mm-hmm. because physically, yes. Yeah, you definitely need to know that if you want a passport. If you uh, is it important? It's important that we know that there was a moment of rebirth. Sometimes, uh, so here's why I'm probing it a little bit. Someone, sometimes when I don't really know a day, People don't know a day because there actually was no day. Hmm. In other words, their story, if you start to ask, is, well, I've, I've always been a Christian, and I've always prayed, and I've always believed in God, and it's been like this, this idea that I've always been a Christian, and I've just been growing in my understanding. That's not true. No one was always a Christian. All of us, we looked at it last week, uh, Romans 5.12, all of us were dead in our sins. All of us were separated from God. All of us were in the kingdom of darkness. And there is a day, a moment in time where we are transferred by faith from darkness to life, from death to life. So 
could that have happened and you don't know the day that it took place? Sure. Maybe you didn't write it down. Maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe you were younger and your parents didn't write it down. So it's possible as long as there's clarity, there was a day. Mm-hmm. Do you need to know the day? No. I, I am grateful that someone helped me when I was struggling with my uh, security, my salvation uh, early on, helped me write down in my Bible when, uh, as a young person, I had trusted in Jesus of September of 1974. So I knew it, the date, September 15, 1974, that I had trusted in it. But that was because I wrote it down. I wouldn't be able to remember that mm. anymore, but that, that was the case. So hope that answers the question. Do you know the day? It was in, I want to say it was somewhere near Halloween, because I remember there's a retreat or something we were about to go on, but I don't know the... Okay. So you don't know that, but you know there was a day. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's the point. Yes. And so I've also heard some people say, well, I've known Christ as long as I can remember. Uh Similar, would you say that's similar to knowing a day? Um, Yeah, I would have to, as long as you can remember, in other words, there was a point that you no longer remember when you trusted in Jesus, like you didn't trust him and then you did. Or as long as you can remember because you've always been a Christian. Mm-hmm. See, that language really is important because no one's always been a Christian. Mm-hmm. So uh, if someone said to me, as long as I can remember, I'd probe that a, a little bit more. No, I don't need someone to define a day. I need them. Need them. I don't need them. I want them to be able to define there was a day. Mm-hmm. Versus, because I've just run into too many people who I've always believed in God, always believed in Jesus, always prayed, and there's kind of this idea that because of those things, I've always been a Christian, and there's never Mm. been a repenting and admitting, believing, receiving Mm -hmm. the gospel. Good question. I'm glad it was asked. Uh, Question here, how can I give myself if I don't own myself? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> because that's a great question. And so if, if others are going, what do you mean? How do I give myself if I don't own myself? Well, we said if I'm not my own, but we say about giving ourselves to the Lord. R- Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that uh, you present your bodies as living sacrifices, uh, which is your spiritual act of wor- worship. So uh, the language is I present myself, and I present myself because um, I'm a master thief. In other words, I I am prone to consistently take back the, that which has been bought and is no longer my own and take it back as if it is my own. And it's those moments that I, pre- I either give myself back to the Lord or each day I present myself because I belong to the Lord, but there's the physical act, the spiritual act of presenting myself. So, uh, yes, yes, I do belong to the Lord, but because we're all prone to be thieves and take back, that's why we present ourselves again to the Lord. Hmm. Um, 
Question, is it possible to be living as God intended and not be aware of it? Why am I looking for something more? Huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, why are you looking for something more? That's a question I can't answer because I can't unpack what's in the, the mind of mm-hmm. that. So let's go to the first question, the first part of the question. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to be living, living as, God, as intended. God intended and not know it? And not be aware of it. And not be aware of it. Um, I'm hesitating here because that feels like a, a really big question with a subjective, not an objective, mm. concrete answer. So uh, let me say it this way. Not for me. It would not be possible for me to be living for the Lord fully as God intended me and not be aware of it. Uh, I would actually, for me, say I experienced something profoundly different, and that is when I am in step with the Lord, I am aware of it, that the Lord is leading me, the Lord is helping me, the Lord is sustaining me, the Lord is bearing fruit through me, and I sense that. Equally, I sense, I know when I'm grieving the Spirit, Mm -hmm. when I'm living in disobedience to the Lord, and or when I know I've done wrong and then I don't want to apologize for it, I don't want to confess it to the Lord, I, I know, I'm aware of those things. So uh, that's why I'm a little reluctant to answer for this individual, for themselves. Sure. I can only answer for myself. Uh, we'll look at it in a few weeks, Galatians 5.16. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not satisfy the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh and the Spirit are always in opposition to one another, and always fighting, if you will, for our attention, our affections, and our bodies to be the instruments through which their works are satisfied, either the spirit or the flesh. So I'm, very, I'm aware of those things. Mm-hmm. I am. Sorry if that frustrates the person who asked the question. Um, but I, I don't know that I can answer for them. I can only say that I know when I'm walking in the spirit and I know when I'm satisfying the desires of the flesh. I'm very aware mm-hmm. of both sides of that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, question here, past, present, and future. Does that include the present when I continue to mess up? I feel like repetitive sin defeats me and I can't overcome it. Am I really a Christian? Hmm. Uh, well, um, I can't answer the last part of that. Am I really a, a Christian? So read the. F- so I, I really, I genuinely can't. That's not a blow in that question. I just can't answer whether you're really a Christian or not. But right. read the first part again. Um, so past, present, and future. Does that include the present when I continue to mess up? I feel like repetitive sin defeats me. 
Yes, repetitive sin does defeat you. Uh, and Romans 6 says, uh, how shall we continue? Uh, how shall we continue? And this is why we read it. <laughs> Straight to the source. Yes. Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? And continues that therefore we've been buried with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. So uh, the reason I read that passage is this. Yes, uh, continual habitual sin will defeat us. It may be that you are living continual in sin because you're not born again. Or it may be what is true here, or do you not know? You have not known the power of the gospel to set you free, not just from the penalty of sin, hell in the future, but the power of sin present. So it may be that there's a need to learn to walk in the Spirit. So in three weeks, next week we'll look at with Jonathan Monk talking with God, and then we'll have our missions conference speaker that we encourage you to listen to because he will uh, instill greater confidence with, in God. And then three weeks from now we'll look at walking in the Spirit, and we'll look at Romans 6 and Galatians 5 uh, to help us understand, yes, Present does include dealing with habitual sin in our lives, that we don't need to continue there. If we do and we know who we are in Christ, then we should anticipate one of two things. Either we're not a believer, and therefore we have no power of the Holy Spirit to overcome sin, or we are a believer and we're continuing to grieve the Spirit and we should anticipate the discipline of God in our lives. Because mm. I was a father. I had kids who I told them and told them and told them and tried to teach my example and they didn't listen, didn't listen. Then I would say, I tried to teach you my, by my example and by my words, now I'm going to teach you with the spoon. Because <laughs> sometimes we don't learn until we get discipline. I'm not making light of that. Discipline is unpleasant. That's what Hebrew says. Discipline is unpleasant at the time, but it trains us for righteousness. So can't tell whether you're a believer or not. I do know 100% that yes, the transforming power of the gospel is for the overcoming of habitual sin, and we learn that by learning to walk in the Spirit. Three weeks. Hmm. Things to look forward to. Nice. <laughs> uh, well, towards the end, as we talked about made a new person to fulfill a new purpose, and we uh, went through an instrument for righteousness and sharing the gospel, but building up the body can be yeah. kind of a churchy term in a sense, okay. like, what do you mean building up the body? What are practical ways for someone to build up build the body up of Christ? The body? Well, we build, up, we build up the body in three particular ways. And I'll use the language that's been familiar to us in this 
uh, discipleship series. We build up the body by declaring the gospel so that those who are outside the body become part of the body. We build up the body by helping those who are now a part of the body to grow into the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So we help spiritual babies learn to talk to God. We learn. We help spiritual babies understand their new heavenly father. We help spiritual babies know who their identity is in Christ. So this morning's message was an attempt to use my gift of teaching to build up the body. Mm-hmm. Is that an example? Yep. Okay. Um, we'll post things this this week on social media. That will be Tracy using some of her gifts to build up the body to encourage them of who they are in Christ. So it's Anytime we use a gift of the Holy Spirit to either proclaim the gospel, to help a believer grow in Christ, or third now, to equip a believer to be a multiplier, to help others either come to Christ or grow in Christ. That is the building up of the body. So uh, you think of a newborn, like some of my grandbabies. And then I think of my children, they're mm-hmm. adults. And so the building up of the body is helping spiritual newborns become parents of new spiritual uh, newborns to grow up, to be able to mature and multiply themselves. Is that yes. practical enough? Yeah. Okay. It's a growing process. And if you're listening back or watching with us online, we want to invite you to come join us in person on campus. It'd be a really cool opportunity for you to find ways to engage in the building up of the body of Christ. And they should be looking for tomorrow. Tomorrow. (laughs) I I stump her on camera. Tomorrow, when we send out an opportunity for them to print off a... Birth certificate. <laughs> <Thanks>. Sorry. <laughs> yes. yes. So uh, it, that's something you can look out. We're producing a spiritual birth certificate that you might mm-hmm. want to. As a reminder of your new identity well, we are not. in Christ. <laughs> Somebody else is. An incredibly <laughs> gifted graphic designer. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for all of your questions this morning. Really appreciate you sending them in. We hope you have a fantastic afternoon.